This Bee Podcast Network show is presented by IXL, loved and trusted by more than 1 million teachers. IXL enhances your teaching and takes work off your plate so you can make an even bigger impact on your students. IXL delivers personalized learning across a comprehensive pre-K through 12 curriculum, including math, language arts, science, and social studies, and helps you assess student performance through actionable, real-time insights. Strengthen daily instruction, close knowledge gaps quickly, and set every student up for success. I have personally used IXL with students to support them in math, and I love that it focused on the skills that students needed and could help differentiate learning for them. I was also able to look at the data and use that information to inform my instruction. Do you want to bring IXL to your school? Learn more at IXL.com B. That's IXL.com B-E. Welcome to the Teacher Burnout Podcast, where we explore the challenges of burnout for teachers and share practical strategies to support teacher well-being. I'm your host, Barb Flowers. If you're a teacher looking for ways to prevent burnout or an educational leader searching for strategies to support your team, this podcast is for you. Let's dive in. Hey everyone, welcome to the Teacher Burnout Podcast. Before we get started with our episode, I wanted to share a free resource I have on my Instagram that you can grab, Four Steps for Setting Boundaries. This has been a topic I've been working on with my teachers at school, and we've had a lot of great conversations about this. And so I took those four steps and put them in a worksheet. So I have tips for how you can use the four steps for setting boundaries. And then I also have a um, worksheet that you can practice using it. And that is on my Instagram page at Beating Educator Burnout. You can click the link in the bio and grab that page and it will help you set boundaries, whether that's with colleagues, parents, or even something in your personal life. But that is, this has been so helpful for me in my life. And so I hope that this helps you too. So go over to my Instagram page, click the link in the bio at Beating Educator Burnout and grab that free resource. So today we're going to be talking about the topic of connection and collaboration. We're going to talk about what they mean, their importance, and how we can achieve them. So, and we're even going to get into how we work with a difficult colleague that we might not connect with. But connection and collaboration are very similar in that they both involve interaction with others and working towards a common goal. So we're going to talk about connection first. And connection with people refers to the establishment of meaningful relationships with others that can provide emotional support, a sense of belonging, and a feeling of being understood. And Brene um, Brown in her book, Dare to Lead, talks about in the absence of authentic connection, we suffer. And she's describing what she calls authentic connection, where we can actually be ourselves and we're not pretending to be someone else just to fit in. And our brains... She talks about our wired for connection, and we do better when we're connected because humans were not made to be alone. One study that was published in the Journal of Applied Psychology found that employees who had weaker social support networks at work experienced higher level of emotional exhaustion and depersonalization, which are key components of burnout. And the study also found that social support can buffer the negative effects of your job demands on burnout. Another study published in the Journal of Educational Psychology found that social support from colleagues can protect teachers from burnout. And the study found that teachers who who perceived greater support from their colleagues reported lower levels of burnout and higher job satisfaction. 
A third study published in the Journal of Organizational Behavior found that social support from coworkers and supervisors can help reduce the negative effects of job stress on burnout. So overall, these studies just suggest that having that connection at work does play an important part in preventing burnout. Having strong relationships with your coworkers and your supervisors can just provide that emotional support and help individuals cope with job demands, which can reduce the risk of burnout. So I want you to think about what connections do you currently have at work? Do you have good connections at your work? Do you have people that you can talk to? Um, Because this is, as we saw, it's really important. It helps with burnout. And so we need to have those connections. So I want you to be thinking about what connections do you currently have? And I hope that you do have some. Collaboration, on the other hand, um, is working with others towards a shared goal or objective, and it's exchanging ideas, sharing resources, and dividing tasks to achieve that common goal. And as teachers, we know that collaboration plays a large role in what we do. I know in Ohio, that's part of our OTES rubric that teachers are evaluated on, is how do they collaborate with others? And that's because we know that the more you collaborate with others, the better teacher you'll be, because Getting others' ideas, it's just going to help your teaching. Everybody has different strengths and everybody has different weaknesses. So working together really brings all of those strengths together. So, And we know that collaboration, just like connection, is a crucial part in helping with teacher burnout. So the more collaborative teachers are, the lower risk that you have for burnout. So I just wanted to talk about the importance and some things that happen when we collaborate as teachers. Um, First, you know, student learning outcomes are better and it enhances the overall effectiveness of teaching. Also, it allows teachers to share your expertise, experiences, and perspectives to develop new strategies and techniques that can benefit students. Collaboration can also help teachers address common challenges and find solutions that work well for their particular students and classroom context. And it fosters a sense of community among teachers and promotes professional growth and development. It also allows each other to create a more positive and productive learning environment for their students. So there's a lot of things that can, you know, a lot of benefits of collaboration. So I just wanted to talk about some of my experiences with collaboration and ways that you can do this and what that looks like. And I've always been a very collaborative person. I'm a huge advocate for collaboration because, you know, of that connection piece for one and two, because I know that, you know, working together makes things better. It it provides better outcomes because two brains together are better than one. And if you have more than two people collaborating, that's wonderful. So even though collaborating and we'll talk about it can be a little bit of a struggle sometimes for people, it is so effective and such an important part of teaching. So one way you can collaborate with your colleagues is planning together. And I wanted to share about this. When I was teaching, um, there was a teacher that I would plan with, and we would we had a set day that we would meet, and we would plan for the following week. And that, to me, was my best teaching when I planned with her because together we would come up with really good ideas for our students. We would share tips. We'd share ideas. She had a couple more years of experience than me, so she could share, well, when I did this, this is what happened. Um, So I got a lot of feedback and advice from her. Um, So the ideas that we came up with were really good, but also we would collaborate and then divvy up the work and divide that up so that, you know, I might copy something and she would copy something and we'd help 
get the resources ready as well. So that was really helpful and it saved us a lot of time. Um, and it just, it also provided that connection. You know, I was able to talk to her after a lesson. Like I tried what, you know, we did. How did it go for you? Didn't go that well for me or vice versa. And we could talk about that. So that planning together was huge for me. Um, and I would say that we didn't always agree on everything and that was okay. We had similar teaching philosophies, but some things we did were different. So just because you plan together with someone doesn't mean you have to agree on every little thing you do. It doesn't mean that, you know, everything has to be the same, but it's just overall like big ideas that you plan. And we would even sometimes plan lessons together and co-teach because some topics were hard for our students. And we knew if we um, got together and taught the concept together, then we could bounce our ideas off of each other as we were teaching to clarify for students. And then we'd put our students in partners and we'd go around and help them. So planning together and even co-teaching together was really effective for us. So a great way to be collaborative. Another way you can collaborate is through professional learning communities. I know a lot of schools do professional learning communities. Um, at some schools I've been at, we did what was called TBTs, teacher-based teams, whatever you call it, where teachers are working together and looking at data and planning based on that data. Um, those situations really help teachers because if you look at that data, you can share ideas that you know, others can try in their classroom. When I see this done well, I get to go in PLCs all the time in my school. And the most collaborative PLCs are so effective because those teachers are just vulnerable with each other. And they're not afraid to say, you know, my students did wrong on this question and yours didn't do well on this question and your students did so well. What are you doing? What did you do to teach that? And teachers actually uh, share their teaching strategies. And that's how we improve. We're vulnerable. We're not afraid to share that our students didn't, didn't do so well on an area. And we take feedback from others. And so I've seen that where it really works well. And teachers improve their practice because they're sharing strategies that they're using. Or maybe none of the students did well and they get a second opinion, like the reading coach, or they look something up of how can they teach this skill better. And they all improve that way too. So uh, professional learning communities are such a great way to collaborate. And then again, you have that connection in that community when you're learning together and you're being vulnerable about how your students did. You're sharing your struggles, you're sharing your strengths and helping each other. Another way I've collaborated a lot with teachers is supporting each other with behaviors. We know that behaviors can be so challenging and you know, this is an area I think can really burn teachers out. And I think that you have to be willing to ask for help and take suggestions from other teachers. I remember being a newer teacher and I had some challenging behaviors and I, you know, I utilized a teacher who had been teaching for 30 years and she really helped me a lot with some of those behaviors. She gave me tips that I could use. And we also did a buddy classroom system where, you know, she might take a student of mine for a little bit, maybe, you know, half hour and they'd go complete a worksheet in her classroom because they weren't working for me. I was getting frustrated. They were getting frustrated. So I would send them to her and vice versa. I would help her with that too, because sometimes the kids just need to see a different adult because you've been with them all day. If you're in an elementary school where you have that student all day. And so having that buddy classroom can be really helpful. And but again, it comes down to being vulnerable and willing to say, okay, I'm struggling with this, please help me. And then we would help each other. So 
that that support was huge. And then it, then you can just share, you know, some of those struggles and, and brainstorm together how that could get better. So um, I, I would say that with behaviors, that's a huge thing that helped. Another area to collaborate is participating in PD together. And um, one way we do this in my school is we do book studies, usually once or twice a year. And these are always optional. But the book studies are great because um, not only are we learning as colleagues together, but usually throughout the book study, we're sharing our own experiences, we're discussing, and it really connects us together because we're sharing personal experiences, whether it's in our own lives or in our teaching, and it's a positive way for us to come together as a team and to grow together as a team. So um, participating in some sort of PD together where we are learning together is a great way to collaborate. And the last thing I wanted to bring up is celebrating and supporting each other. So one thing I like to do at each staff meeting is teachers talk about celebrations and they share celebrations. And um, we've also started trying to share some funny stories so that we can connect over just funny things that happen in the building. Because we know as teachers, I think sometimes we get stressed and we get burnt out. But if we stop and think about all the funny things that happen throughout the day and all the stuff that we deal with that you know, people who aren't in education have no idea and they hear these stories and they're like, that really happened? So sharing those types of stories is a great way to connect. But also just being able to celebrate together about the good things that are happening, whether it's at school or even in your personal life. You know, we throw showers for people like baby showers, wedding showers, um, and just celebrate and support the good things happening. And then also when there's bad things happening. So I've been on a team, you know, on a team, I was, I had a baby and I was recently married, had a baby, and then I was out. And so they really supported me on, you know, with my classroom while I was out. Another colleague of mine went through a really bad divorce. And so having support from each other, we supported her. How could we help her during that time? Because that was a really hard time for her. So um, being there for each other, even in those just times in their life where, you know, colleagues need that emotional support. So now I wanted to just give you a few tips that if you're working with someone that maybe you don't care for, you don't really get along with, and it can be challenging, but we do need to maintain a professional and positive work environment. So I just wanted to give you some tips um, to work with that colleague you don't get along with. Number one, determine if it's a personality conflict or a specific issue. So um, if it's a specific issue, try not to generalize it. And we talked about this in another episode where you make everything like they do one thing and you make it about everything. They always do that. Um, so don't try not to generalize it, but focus on whatever that specific issue is and have a conversation with them, a, a nice conversation. Don't go into it upset and mad, but have a nice conversation where you're sharing your thoughts and trying to gain understanding from them about what's going on. Be willing to compromise. So especially in your when you're collaborating, you know, you have to be willing to compromise. It's not always going to go your way. You need to find common ground and work together to come up with a solution that works for, you know, the team. Everyone has different strengths. Everyone has different perspectives. And the biggest thing is we need to listen to each other, not to be able to say our idea and get our way, but we need to listen to each other to understand where we're coming from. The more you understand other people's perspectives, the more connection and um, collaboration you'll have because 
we have to understand that everybody's coming from a different place. And so where is that person coming from? So let's seek to understand so that we can be willing to compromise. Also, um, don't change your philosophy of teaching or beliefs to be accepted by others. So it's important to stay true to yourself and your values. So for example, if you're on a team and you're frustrated because they're talking negatively about students, you know, it's easy to get sucked into that negative thinking and negative talk about students, but don't change your beliefs about students just to be accepted by that group. Instead, just keep focusing on the positive. And you could even bring it up if you feel comfortable, depending on your relationship with that group, about how negative they are or that different, um, the different belief system that might not be a good thing. But the biggest thing is don't change your own philosophy to fit in. Also, stay professional at all times. Always avoid gossiping or talking badly about a colleague. It only creates a negative work environment. And people don't want to hear the gossip. If you're gossiping to somebody else, then they know that you're probably going to gossip about them. So avoid gossiping because the other thing that could happen is that person could find out you were gossiping about them and it's going to create a bigger work issue where if you would have just addressed it to them personally. So avoid gossiping. It only creates a negative work environment. Also, a strategy is if you don't get along with someone, anytime that something goes well and you see something that they're doing positively or um, you like something they say, try to compliment them or identify that positive thing because that's going to create a more positive relationship. And then it's also going to help you see that person from a different perspective because sometimes we get in our heads something negative about a person, but anytime we can see something good about them, it's going to change our perspective and it's going to help your relationship because you're constantly pointing out the positive. So just something to try. Um, I have found that this really helps for me. So just remember, working with people that you don't get along with isn't easy, but it is possible to maintain that professional relationship and work towards that common goal. And we do need connection. We as humans need connection. So you need to have someone at the school that you connect with. Even if it's not your team that you're collaborating with, find some adult in the building that you have a connection with um, because that will help you want to come to work and be more satisfied at work and it'll help reduce the risk of burnout. So I hope you found this episode helpful today. Please subscribe to this podcast and stay tuned for the next episode. Also, don't forget to go over to my Instagram at Beating Educator Burnout and grab that free resource on four tips for setting boundaries. Do you want to save time on prep work, increase achievement for all student populations, reliably meet Tier 1 standards? You can do it all, but don't waste another minute. Head straight to IXL.com forward slash BE to learn how IXL's research-proven teaching and learning platform can help you achieve all these goals. That's IXL.com forward slash BE.